Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. BSN Podcast listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. These guys' reviews are awesome. Make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee, it's actually taken away long-term migraines along with back pain, arthritis, IBS. Also, it's helped to decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural. It's not psychoactive. The coffee is also just rich and tasty, and we cannot recommend it anymore to our listeners. If you want, check it out for yourself today. You can receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. And with that like to welcome you all into a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented by LiveWell. LiveWell Enlightened Health is your go-to dispensary for the best deals on the highest quality cannabis product. Members of LiveWell's free rewards program have access to $30 pre-weigh half ounces and $60 pre-weigh ounces every day. LiveWell has 16 locations across Colorado, from the Four Corners all the way up to Fort Collins, with six locations in the Denver area. Visit LiveWell.com slash BSN for all of the most up-to-date sales and promotions. That's LiveWell spelled L-I-V-W-E-L-L dot com slash B-S-N. What's going on, guys? Harrison Wind here on a Monday. A lot to get to on today's show after, I'd say, about a week of really hard speculation and a weekend of some panic across the Nuggets fan base. Tim Connolly is staying in Denver. He'll return as president of basketball operations in Denver next season. That news coming across early Monday morning as most thought it would. That's what I'll talk about on today's show, what his return means, what's behind his decision to stay. I've got a lot of thoughts on that, why he thought long and hard about taking this job and how valuable Tim Conley has been to what the Nuggets have built here in Denver because a lot of guys just look at what happens on the court in that Nuggets locker room. Tim Connolly has had a large role in setting the culture that the Nuggets really follow every day. And I think that his humility, his selflessness has been reflected in this team this year and is partly responsible for their success. You guys have heard me talk about on this podcast how the theme of selflessness, the theme of unselfishness, those have really paved the way for Denver this season, I think, in a lot of aspects of their play. A lot of guys on the team will tell you that. Michael Malone will tell you that. After Game 7 against Portland, I asked everybody on this team what they'll remember about this current group of guys, not just for how they played on the court, but what it was like to be a part of this team off the court. And most guys and Michael Malone said something about how they'll remember how selfless and how everybody played for each other. I think Tim Connolly's personality, his style of leadership trickle down to the locker room in that respect. So I'll touch on that in a little bit as well. The first thing I want to go over though, and I've got a couple questions on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline I want to get to. If you guys do have a question throughout the offseason, don't hesitate to call in 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. I want to start with why Tim Connolly thought about taking this job. Because to some people, 
and this is based on the reaction I've gotten on Twitter, and I feel like this is probably representative of some portion of the fan base. There was some surprise that Denver let Tim Connolly interview for this job. A lot of people were set on blaming the Cronkies for not paying Tim Connolly, and this was going to be about money, why he was leaving. I want to set the record straight on that. And also, there was just some perplexion about why he would want to go to Washington, a situation that doesn't seem all that great from a salary cap standpoint, from a roster standpoint, compared to what he has here in Denver. Let me get the basics out of the way first. A lot of you guys probably know this stuff already, but for those who don't, and I'm sure we still have some new listeners coming into this thing, let me just get the details out there. Tim Connolly joined the Wizards organization in 1996 as an intern. He worked in the video room. He worked in scouting. He worked under the leadership of Michael Jordan, of Wes Unseld, and of Ernie Grunfeld. He worked for the Wizards for a long time in the early 2000s, eventually working his way up to director of scouting when he took a job with the New Orleans Pelicans. But his roots are in the Baltimore area. He still has a lot of family there. His wife's roots are in the D.C. area. She has a lot of family there. That's really where the rest of his life is outside of Colorado and Denver. He's got young children of his own, and Tim Connolly is a loyal guy. I think we saw little of that with his decision to stay in Denver and be loyal to Josh Kroenke a little bit, be loyal to the guy who gave him his first opportunity to run a team. The pride that he has for where he's from, from the D.C., Maryland, Baltimore region, That really seeps out whenever he talks about his mid-Atlantic roots. He loves D.C. He loves Baltimore. You haven't met that many people more proud of where they're from than him. So that was the draw to go back to the Wizards, in my opinion. This was the only job Tim Conley was going to leave Denver for. Even if the Lakers knocked on his door and offered him $10 million a year, which... They wouldn't do, but you you get my point. If they would have really came in with the checkbook and said, name your price, it might sound crazy, but Tim Connolly's not taking that job. The DC job, the Wizards job, was the only one he was going to leave Denver for. It's just the type of guy he is. And the situation always felt a bit awkward as the reports were coming out of DC Leaking from the Wizards, obviously, because Denver's side was not leaking any of that stuff throughout the playoffs. It was a bit awkward because the Nuggets were in this playoff run, and here's Tim Connolly, the architect of this roster. The Wizards are obviously interested, and I'm speculating here, but I think, obviously, the reason Tim didn't come out and just say, yeah, I'm not interested in that because A, there was obviously interest, but mostly I just don't think he wanted to turn them down publicly like that without having the chance to speak with them. I get the feeling that he thought he at least owed the Wizards that for giving him his start in the business, for allowing him to rise up the ranks and obviously getting to where he is right now. I think he thought that he owed Washington that. So that's kind of why the situation continued to progress throughout the playoffs, in my opinion. And then obviously it heated up at the NBA Scouting Combine this last weekend where Connolly eventually traveled to Washington. Here's another thing, and this is probably going to surprise some people because this has been a common line of thought out there. 
this wasn't about money. It really wasn't. The Wizards were reportedly going to offer him more money than he was making in Denver. Maybe Denver would counter. Maybe they wouldn't. But his decision was not going to come down to money. That's just not how Tim Connolly operates. That's really not how he thinks. He's thankful to be in the position he is. He says all the time that he never envisioned becoming a general manager. He thinks it's ludicrous that somebody like him is the president of anything. And this decision was not going to be about money. He wasn't going to go to the Wizards because they were simply paying him more than the Nuggets. There was a lot more to that. So if he had gone, I don't think this would have been the black guy on the Nuggets organization that the Masai Ujiri departure was in 2013. This situation was a lot different. The factors about his background from D.C. and his history with the Wizards organization, that's what was powering the interest there. This wasn't money. The argument that Nuggets ownership wasn't going to pay him his worth, and Washington was, and that's why he was leaving, that was never going to be the case. That was never going to be the one driving factor to his departure. Whereas, thinking back to 2013, that certainly seems like it was when Masai Ujiri left town for Toronto. So I think we were dealing with two different things here totally. This one was not about money. This one was about somebody potentially returning to their roots to run the team that gave him his start as an intern in the late 90s and where his family's from, where his wife's family's from, and there were some other family circumstances that might have made him want to return back there as well. But this was not about Denver not paying Tim Connolly and Washington paying him what he's worth. Now, make no mistake, I think... Tim Connolly was maybe at times close to taking this job, but based on the reporting, most of which was coming out of DC, and obviously they want to put it out there that, yes, it's looking like he's going to take this job. I think it did make it seem like he was closer to taking it than he really was. I had reported way back on April 6th when this news initially broke about the Wizards having a lot of interest in him. I had reported that it seemed highly unlikely, based on talking to a couple people around Connolly, that he was going to take that Wizards job. And obviously, it came a little closer to happening than that. But still, I think just the message coming out of, of Washington was obviously one of a lot of hope. And I'm not sure it was ever as close as a lot of those reports made it seem like it was. And of course, all that speculation ended Monday morning when the Woj tweet came about. And funny enough, that's how a lot of people around the Nuggets found out about his decision to stay was from Woj, as as most people find out their news these days. But there is definitely some relief around the organization. Everyone around the team obviously excited to have him back for next season. Let me go ahead and hit a break real quick. A lot more I want to get to on this topic for sure. A couple calls from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. After the break, I'll tell you guys why I believe he stuck around in Denver. We'll be right back. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Ann and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me 
well as my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren, and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Livewell Harrison Wind here on a Monday afternoon. The news, of course, coming down Monday morning, Tim Connolly returning to Denver, spurning the Washington Wizards who gave him the chance to run their front office over the weekend. But Tim Connolly says no, he will be back in Denver next season. He'll be holding a press conference along with Michael Malone. Their end of year press conference is Tuesday at Pepsi Center. I'll be bringing you guys updates from that as well. Here's why I think Tim Connolly stayed in Denver. There were things about the Wizards that were attractive for sure. The angle of that's where Connolly's from, that's where his family's from, of course. That's where he got to start with the Wizards. That was probably the leading factor there. More money, yeah, that might have helped a little too, but as I explained earlier, that wasn't going to be the reason why he took the Wizards job. There's a tweet that came from, not sure if it was Candace Buckner or Shams over the weekend that said, Tim Connolly met with the Wizards front office, he met with their brass, they gave him a tour of their practice facility, and I was thinking, wait a minute, that's a bit of a flex from Washington, isn't it? Here they walk Tim Connolly into the $65 million sprawling practice facility where their G League team, the Capital City Go-Go, also play and say, man, this is what you could have your hands on here, where in Denver, the Nuggets have an outdated second floor practice court, which, to be quite honest, is about the same size as my high school gym. When Pepsi Center was built, it was state-of-the-art for sure. To have a practice court in your arena, that was big time. That was big time that Pepsi Center had that, but that was obviously a while ago, and times have certainly changed, and now it's the expectation in the league that you're going to have a practice court. You're going to have a practice facility. That's what Washington had. They also have a G League team. The Nuggets are one of just two NBA franchises along with Portland not to have their own G League affiliate, so the Wizards had that going for them as well. You wonder how long of a runway Conley would have had in Washington. This is something I was talking about with a couple other guys in the media over the weekend. Would he have more of a runway in Washington than Denver? The Wizards would obviously be committing a lot of money to him. Washington is in salary cap hell. They've got to be a little honest with themselves and say, man, it's going to take us a bit to crawl out of this hole. But there are expectations there. I'd say potentially higher expectations there than in Denver, just from an outsider's point of view and what happens after a couple years there if things don't go well. And, you know, in Denver, this season was great. The Nuggets got 54 wins, a second seed in the West. Sure, they could regress a little next year. If they regress a little next year and then the year after, is there some pressure that begins to mount? I never really saw it that way. I felt like he would always have a longer runway in Denver, but I'm not sure what the reality was there. Maybe those two runways were pretty close, actually. So there were a lot of reasons for him to take the Wizards job. But why did he come back to Denver? I have a feeling when it came down to it, this situation the Nuggets are in, with their young core, with the season they just had, with 
the players and coaches currently in place, that was too tough to leave behind. You could not leave behind Nicole Jokic. You could not leave behind Gary Harris, those two guys who were locked up for the next three, four years. You could not just leave behind Jamal Murray, who Denver would be wise in signing to a contract extension this fall, but at the worst would be a restricted free agent after next season, after the 2019-2020 season, and Denver would still have his rights for a long time. He can't leave behind the roster in place here with Malik Beasley, with a Wancho, with a Paul Millsap, who from all accounts I've heard will surely be back with the team next year one way or another if Denver picks up his $30 million option or renegotiates a smaller deal that goes over a couple years with him. He should be back next year. The coaching staff that is in place here. Who knows what Tim Conley would have to do to the coaching staff in Washington in remaking that. Who knows what he would have to do to that roster. The Wizards are in salary cap hell right now. John Wall is owed like $170 million over the next four years. They're probably going to have to pay Bradley Beal this summer too or trade him. How does the Wizards basketball operations head decision maker encounter that? Around half of Washington's roster is going to hit free agency this summer. It was a daunting task to take on that Washington job. That is a tough job. That really is. With the money committed to John Wall, with the uncertainty around that roster as it is right now, that's a tough job. And you look at that job compared to Denver, and Tim Connolly's fingerprints are all over this thing. From Nikola Jokic to what he's done in the draft with Jamal Murray to the free agent signings like Paul Millsap. This Nuggets roster is ready to go. He would have to totally execute the rebuild that he did here in Denver over the last five seasons in Washington beginning next year. That's a tall task. Even for a guy like Tim Conley, who just canvassing the league, he would have been exactly the right guy for that Wizards job. And that's another reason why I wasn't surprised that Washington targeted him how he executed this rebuild in Denver in terms of remaking the culture over a couple-year process, getting the right coaches in place, getting the right players in place, fostering a self-motivated environment on the Nuggets practice court in that locker room every day. It's the exact type of thing he would have had to do in D.C., and I think the Wizards were obviously aware of what he had done in Denver, and they thought that would work in their organization too, but man, that's a daunting task. So that's a little of what he would have been up against in DC too. And that culture that I'm talking about that he already had in Denver that he would have had to rebuild in DC. I want to touch on that too, because Tim Conley deserves a lot of credit for the culture here in Denver. It starts at the top in the NBA and at the top of the Nuggets basketball operations department is Conley. And his relaxed nature, his selfless attitude, his ability to deflect all praise onto his staff and to really not take any responsibility for the good decisions that the Nuggets make, that trickles down to this team. I really do believe so, and I've hit on this throughout the year, but Denver's culture and how the one theme that's really stuck with this team all season was the selfless identity of this group and the unselfish nature of the Nuggets in that locker room, how everybody on that team wanted to see everybody succeed, even if at times 
when you're talking about guys like Monte Morris and guys on this Nuggets bench, even if it came at the expense of their playing time and their praise, everybody just wanted to see everybody do good. And I think Tim Conley had a large part in setting that culture from the top down. This team in this locker room seems like a college locker room. It seems like a college atmosphere. And the Nuggets front office played a large hand in making it feel that way. Just their relaxed nature and how they carried themselves and how they interacted with their players, that all went into it. And so I think Connolly deserves a lot of credit for the culture and just the feel of this Nuggets team. You would hear national reporters come through Denver time and time again over the course of the season and remark how connected this group was. And just this was the best just group of guys in the NBA. I think a lot of us knew that and felt that in Denver, but obviously we're not going around the country visiting with all these teams and whatnot. But when respected reporters who cover the league at large said that, you definitely got the feeling that the front office deserves a lot of credit. And obviously the coaching staff does too, but it does start at the top and the front office at the top. And I think they do deserve a lot of praise for fostering the culture around this team that really was obvious throughout this entire season. Keeping Tim Connolly, it's a big win for Nuggets President and Governor Josh Kroenke as well, who now has successfully kept his top two executives in-house after two separate teams have tried to get them over the last two seasons. And going back to 2017, the Milwaukee Bucks were really interested in Arturis Karnasovas for their GM opening that eventually went to John Horst. And before they could make a decision between Karnasovas, and I believe Justin Zanuck was in on that too, and Horst was there as well. His name was pulled from consideration after Josh Kroenke promoted him to Nuggets GM and kept him in-house. And now Kroenke was able to do that with Connolly. Obviously, this didn't come with a promotion in title. In a basketball operations department, you can't climb higher than the president of basketball operations. But I think what it showed was just the loyalty and the trust that Josh Kroenke has built with his front office and with his franchise. A trust that wasn't always there. Josh Kroenke, really before I started covering this team, in the George Carl era, obviously when Brian Shaw was here, he was dogged on quite a bit for just his involvement and how he ran the Nuggets. And I wasn't around the team at the time, so I can't really speak to those years. But from my experience covering a team that's presided over by Josh Kroenke, I've been impressed with the relationships he's got with his team, with his coaches, with his front office staff, for a guy who certainly has a lot going on. And he's got Arsenal, he's got the Rapids, he's got the Avalanche, he's got the Nuggets. So he's got his hand in a lot of different pots. But it really does seem like there's a really healthy trust and bond and relationship built up there, in this case with Kroenke and with Connolly and Karnasovas that really allowed those guys to say, hey, we obviously believe in what this guy is helping us build here. We want to see this thing through. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for this as well. And if Connolly had gone to DC, I think the move would have been to run this thing back with Karnasovas heading up the Nuggets basketball operations department, whether that was in the capacity of a GM or promoting him to president of basketball operations, he would have been more than capable of running this team. He's 
been Denver's number two for the last several years, has obviously been targeted by other teams to head up their basketball operations department. So I get the feeling Denver would have been more than comfortable with him here, but there, of course, would have been a different feel if he was in charge compared to Connolly. But there's no doubt in my mind he would have kept the Nuggets on track and been really good for the job. So that's why I think Tim Connolly opted to ultimately return to Denver. We'll hear from him officially on Tuesday at Pepsi Center, and I'm sure you'll hear him say a lot of what I just depicted over the course of this show. The Wizards' draw was real. It wasn't about money. It was just about returning to that Washington franchise, I really do think, and the chance to run kind of his hometown club to be quite honest, be close to his family, for his wife to be close to her family. And I did have a source tell me early on in this process, back in April, that Tim Connolly had hoped that Tommy Shepard, who is the interim president of basketball operations in D.C., the guy who was elevated to the interim status after Washington parted ways with Ernie Grunfeld earlier this year, Connolly had hoped that Shepard would get the role full-time, and Shepard is obviously a guy Tim worked with way back in the day in D.C., and I think that speaks to that loyalty factor that's really important to him that I mentioned earlier. I've got a couple questions on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline I want to get to. First, though, another quick word from Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee, you guys know this by now. It's a game-changing coffee. It's the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. These guys' reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee is taking away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's also helped to decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout. You'll get it shipped straight to your door. Two questions to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, like I said. If you guys do have questions throughout the offseason, don't hesitate to call in. 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. On bsndenver.com right now, I've got a piece up on Conley returning. Dropped a couple nuggets in that story I think will be of interest to you guys. If you're not subscribed, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe less than $5 a month for a subscription, and our content isn't slowing down now that it's the off-season either. So get on that if you haven't already. Let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now and hear from a pretty pumped-up Chris in Denver. Whoa, bomb! Ah, it's Chris in Denver. You got the news today. Great way to start the week. Uh, I got a short week. I hope uh, I hope every all the listeners are taking off Friday, too, for the long weekend ahead. But Tim motherfucking Conley, man, this is great news. I, you know, I, I was a little bit apoplectic when I first got the bad news, but man, this, uh, this, this is almost as good as making the playoffs. I don't know if it's quite that good, but uh, you know, on a serious note, I do think that this is just as important of a development for the franchise. You know, the the Cronkies. The reputation is the reputation, and it's a reputation that they've earned. But hopefully it's one that they could shake, and hopefully it's one that they could grow out of. Um, Josh seems to be a different man than Stan, which, uh, you know, is what, you know I, I think that's a good thing. But, um, you know, I, that, 
then again, Stan seems to be doing a pretty good job with the Rams, and maybe that's uh, taking up all of his uh, efforts. But yeah, this is uh, this, this is great news. Um, step one for uh, for a great off season for the Nuggets. I think uh, I think there's still a few things the franchise needs to work on with the G League team, uh, getting a modern training facility, and quite honestly, given that Kroenke owns both the Rams and the Avs, I don't see. I, I really don't see why he doesn't build a a better facility for both teams and all of his other teams to use. Yeah, this is great news. What are your thoughts? What does this uh, What does this mean for the Nuggets long term? Are the Cronkies starting to shake their uh, their bad reputation? Um, and also, what do you think this means for Karnasovas? Like, I don't have a problem with guys leaving to take a promotion, but the guy, you know, that, that's okay. It's different than guys leaving for a lateral move. What's this mean for everything? As always, appreciate your thoughts. I hope Nuggets Nation has a great week, and go Nuggets! All right, thanks, Chris. A couple things I want to hit on there that I haven't hit on already. I'll touch on this briefly. What this does for the ownership group and what this does for the Nuggets long-term, I think it's just another message that this team is getting closer and closer to one of the true model franchises in the NBA. And I think you think of a couple teams like that, the Warriors, for example, or the Spurs. It was just the model franchises that have that continuity, that have that clout across the league, that have that respect. And obviously, it takes time to get there. It takes a lot more winning. Maybe a couple championships would help. But things like this really help too. Keeping the same executive staff in place, keeping the same core keeping the same coaching staff in place as long as they should be kept in place. All those things help. So the Nuggets are continuing to take steps towards getting to that status. And with a few more seasons, I think they can be right there. Obviously, the championships would still be that separating factor. But they're getting closer and closer to being one of those model franchises that the more casual fan just kind of thinks about when assessing the league. What does this mean for Karnasovas? That's an interesting question because, like I mentioned earlier, he's been a prime candidate and a targeted candidate for front office openings before. Before the Milwaukee opening, he was one of the finalists for the Brooklyn Nets GM gig that went to Sean Marks. So from what I know, he's very happy in Denver. He's got a family here, obviously. He's very at peace with the Nuggets and being a part of this organization. But then again, if a team targets him to be their next president of basketball operations, I would assume he would look at that role if it's the right fit. And that would be a promotion, like you said. So I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. So I would anticipate he'd be back next year. But if another opening does crop up and if another team does target him and he thinks it's a fit, I could see him taking an opportunity if the right one presented itself. And I believe while the Nuggets would want to keep him, they would understand that too. Thanks for calling in, Chris. Always appreciate it. Last question I want to get to, or comment, I should say, on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline from our guy, Ranchman. Take it away. Hello, Harrison. It's Evan, a.k.a. Ranchman from Castle Rock. Just getting wound up for one of my favorite times of the year, the offseason. As you know, I rarely call to discuss any particular game unless something in that game is reflective of an underlying storyline. I'd rather call to discuss trends and long-term construction of the team 
also contracts. But before diving into basketball, I want to thank Christian Clark for his insights and his articles. He's a commentator who I have appreciated greatly, and he's added value to my subscription. This is writing and wish him success going forward. This was a fun season. Malone did a terrific job. One of the most impressive storylines was the team's effort during the first half of the season, when every night there were two or three starters out of the lineup. Another great storyline was the unlikely number of close wins. The performance of the team in those wins was certainly thrilling. I am jacked up about the offseason, the decision-making of the front office, summer league, hear my fellow subscribers' questions, and most of all, the team's composition for next season's following free agency. I'll be calling in over the next few weeks on a bunch of topics I've been mulling over during the past few months. By the way, Ryan and Zach received their reader comments via email and then read the letter on the podcast. What's your email if one wishes to pursue this communication avenue? Buckle up for the off-season, man. Thanks again for all your hard work. I'm out. Thanks, Evan, so much. If you want to send questions via email, you can do that as well. It's wind, W-I-N-D, at bsndenver.com. Super simple. If you guys do send them in that way, I can certainly read them on the podcast later this week. I would echo your thoughts also on Christian and what he brought to the site and the podcast. Like I mentioned on an episode last week, he will be dearly missed on this show. And I like what you said about Michael Malone and his job performance this season. I think how he navigated one injury after another to one starter after another. And for most of the year, the Nuggets were leading the league in games missed due to injury. I think that is the best thing he's got going for him in his Coach of the Year candidacy. And if you guys missed it, Mike Malone is a Coach of the Year finalist, along with Mike Budenholzer and Doc Rivers. Those three are the top three vote-getters for Coach of the Year. That award announced in July at the NBA Awards Show. We'll have to wait for a little for that. I think Budenholzer will win that award, but I wouldn't be surprised if Malone was second. He was first on my ballot, but we'll see where he finishes there and I agree with you about the offseason. It almost seems like the offseason comes with more drama, comes with more intrigue than the actual season does. But it's a fun time of year. The draft is always a lot of fun. I'm sure it will be fun again this year. Free agency. I think the Nuggets will be fairly quiet. Now, I could eat those words if a certain Kawhi Leonard takes a free agent visit with Denver. But if I was a betting man, I would say the Nuggets stay pretty quiet this offseason and just re-sign Paul Millsap, maybe make another addition here or there and roll back pretty much the same team. But this free agency around the league with Kyrie Irving and the Anthony Davis saga, it should be a lot of fun. So I can't wait to watch it unfold. I can't wait to comment on it on this podcast. If you guys do have questions about anything throughout the league this summer, don't hesitate to call into the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394 or hit me on my email, wind at bsndenver.com. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory. 
and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.